Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Tulsa Radio, your favorite locally-based podcast. I'm your host, Mike. This is the show where I go around, I talk to different entrepreneurs, business leaders, anyone that's trying to make this great little corner of Oklahoma even greater. So if this is your first time joining us, highly advise that you go back and listen to some of those older episodes. I've talked to such a wide range of people doing such a wide range of things that there's bound to be something that's going to pique your interest, and I definitely don't want you to miss out on that. So this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with one of the co-founders of Flowercraft, which is a dispensary that is you know they're in midtown but as i as i figured out they're not just a dispensary uh they they've got a whole lot of other things going on and they've got a whole lot planned for the future so it was was a great conversation where we talked about you know all that but then also just the ins and outs of the medical cannabis industry here in oklahoma just the problems that are coming with that and you know things that anyone trying to get into this world kind of have to overcome so it was it was really cool and hey i think you're gonna like it so, without further ado, enjoy. Alrighty, I am here with the CEO of Flowercraft Technologies LLC. Hi, you want to introduce yourself? Sure, I'm Sean Jenkins, and uh, I am from Flowercraft, and uh, one of the co-founders, along with my wife, and I am happy to be here. Cool, so uh, how, how did you two get started in all this? Uh, well, uh, Laura and I have been activists and advocates for uh, quite some time. Uh, she started a little bit more publicly than I did, but uh, we got into this uh, situation because of our kids, and uh, we have two children that were born with genetic uh, brain abnormalities, and because of that mm. had uh, seizures. And so we got to see firsthand uh, not only what uh, pharmaceuticals, although needed in a lot of cases, uh, the the byproduct of pharmaceuticals is that uh, you know a lot of times they're toxic in nature. They do damage at the same time of trying to do good. And in this case, I saw with my son, you know, uh, organ damage specifically to his liver. And uh, and as legislation changes, as we try to work to get legislation to change and provide something that's non-toxic that actually has a better efficacy rate of treating you know uh, some of these rare disorders. And in this case, like with my son and my daughter, uh, you know, epilepsy. So, so are they, I mean, how, how many medications are they able to get rid of and just, just replacing it with? Well, that's, uh, well, that's a great question. THC uh, or CBD. Do, is it THC or CBD that's more effective for them? Well, actually, uh, it's both. If this isn't too personal. No, it's okay. not too personal at all. No, 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 not at all. I think that, uh, well, one, I think that this should be explored. I think we should talk more about this. This okay. is, this is personal health, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, no matter what side, uh, you know, if, uh, people are, you know, don't agree with cannabis or marijuana, as the government <laughs> likes to call it, you know, if they don't agree with it or if they do, the facts are that uh, you know, if you're a citizen of this country, we uh, were all in, uh, endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And so I think this should be a conversation that's talked about more. So for us, from the aspect of life and uh, the pursuit of happiness and a little bit of liberty that's thrown in there, of course. I think the person who wrote those words also said they like to smoke hemp on their back porch, right? Well, that, yeah, I, <laughs> not only him, but, you know, Thomas Jefferson, of course, man, which is great to read his, uh, you know, his uh, journals and uh, his thoughts on the subject. But, you know, uh, uh, George Washington as well. Uh, I read uh, 
one of his uh, uh, notes in one of his journals that said that he was so irritated, basically, and upset with himself because he failed to cut down all of the male hemp flowers. And, and so that ruined his uh, sugar hemp for the rest of the, the season, meaning the, one, the, the hemp that he was going to smoke. <laughs> so he knew at that point in time that you killed the male flowers so it doesn't pollinate the female flowers so you get better smokable product at the end of it. Because a lot of times people like to act like that, oh, they were just growing it industrial style. They didn't yeah. Really, yeah. It was for sales and it was for uh, rope. It made the best rope. It made the best sales. It made great paper because after all the Constitution is written on, you know, hemp. And it's funny because we say hemp as if it's really, truly different than cannabis, but it's the same plant. It's just that the government has defined one as having uh, lesser THC than the other. So, but yeah, it's very interesting that the United States has a long, proud tradition of, of cannabis, but really I say it as in it's nationalistic, like it's the United States, the world has. Right. It's a human right. tradition. After all, we do have the endocannabinoid system in our bodies, you know, and it doesn't matter if you're, you know, well, a lot of people in the state, uh, you know, probably include me in, in this regard too, uh, depending on how you engage your reality, if you think that this is you know, by evolution and adaptation, if you think that you were created and everything was created, it really doesn't matter. Uh, the point being is that you have an endocannabinoid system. I have an endocannabinoid system. Every other human on this planet has one. And why? A lot of mammals too, right? Yes. Other mammals too. Dogs yeah, have one. Just about all <laughs> mammals. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, but why? You know, why? Yeah, well, it exactly. would demonstrate that probably, you know, we have either... Um, uh, had this plant closely alongside humankind for a very long time, uh, mm-hmm. uh, or we were made for it. One of the two has great implications, and it has great implications, especially when we start talking about liberty and trying to take care of personal health. Because, sure. like we found with my, you know, with my son in particular, who ended up being prescribed two different narcotics, uh, two different pharmaceuticals. At, two- at what age was he prescribed narcotics? Uh, at five months. Five months. He was on painkillers, basically. Uh, anti-convulsants. Anti-convulsants. Uh, okay. Different forms of benzodiazepines. Okay, so benzos. Uh, yes. Uh, so and you know what's remarkable too? Old. A lot of people don't uh don't place this into consideration. The anti-convulsants or benzodiazepines uh that are commonly used for anti-seizure treatment are also used in uh, depression treatment as well. Very similar. Uh, yeah, makes you kind of wonder. And they do have implications of, you know, they take an effect on your organs, uh, hmm. your kidneys, your liver, uh, you know, because this is something that wasn't meant for your body. You don't have, you know, this natural thing inside of your body to An be able to endobenzo pro- system. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious, endobenzo. <laughs> we'll hear that in some sort of trap rap album coming out here real soon. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, no, we don't have that. And so what we see like with my son in particular is that um even after two taking two of of these anticonvulsants at the same time, he would still have seizures. Uh, he would still hmm. have them, not as much as he he didn't have any treatment, of course. So they did help. You know, I'm not taking that away from him, but it didn't completely eliminate it. Right. Now fast forward, legislation changes. You know, now I can you know, I can actually treat uh, or help treat uh, 
him and aid his health uh, by introducing a non-toxic medicine in, in, which, uh, in which we have. And uh, hemp or CBD with just the smallest amount of THC there that is non-psychoactive at that point. It's not going to affect cognition. Uh, but what it does, it does provide a synergy effect uh, for almost like a neuropathic lubricant. It just makes the transmission of the signal so much better going across uh, 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 your neurological system. And so for people that suffer from seizures, uh, that just means all that brain activity that would go ahead and kind of break them down. Uh, it allows them to be able to uh, not do that and not have neural death after the effect of a seizure and constantly have their brain in healing mode. So the okay. end result is Carver. Now we've been able to eliminate one of those pharmaceutical medications and replace that with a hemp extract, a full hemp extract oil. And now he doesn't have seizures. And then also, uh, and he doesn't have as much toxicity coming across from taking pharmaceuticals. And you're not, you don't become addicted to that CBD like you would be addicted no. to those benzos. Your body would become his body would be dependent on this. Yeah, right? that's like a, a yeah, fantastic point. And don't withdrawals from benzos cause yeah, seizures we, anyway? It, it, they do <laughs> absolutely. So you had to well, we had to take this you know very long stair step process to come down even off the one medication. Oh wow! And if anyone uh, you know if it's chronic or acute. Uh, like seizures that someone may suffer from if one is you know short term or if it's long term and they get prescribed medication even if it's acute and they're you know planning on coming off of it it takes a while to get off that thing you know because it is it is chemically addictive at that point whereas cannabis is not well that's very interesting i i you know i always i feel like that the cbd for seizures is one of sort of the first things that really got publicity and so I knew that it helped. I guess I didn't really know the science behind that. So that's pretty cool. No. Uh, well, and you know what? A lot of people could, uh, there's, I mean, there's more science coming out and we're learning, especially within cancer now, learning more and more about what cannabis can do. And, uh, but across all of uh, some of these disorders that would be uh, inflammatory or inflammatory or neuropathic in nature, but it's not like it's been a secret, honestly. Uh, there has been a patent in existence on cannabis as a medicine uh, with specific treatment and disorders that specifically treats as well, especially within neuropathies, Lou Gehrigson's, uh, you know, but anyone can read it. Uh, the patent number is 6630507, but it's more interesting actually who owns the patent for cannabis being a medicine, and that is the United States government. Really? They don't just issue it. They own it. <laughs> wow. Wow. So anyone can read that. You know, so that's... Uh, when was that? When was that? Do you know when that patent was... I'm trying to remember when it came out. I think it was in 2009, but I'll have to look that up. Don't quote me. Oh, they did that. it recently. And so, they yes, recently. this is a patent that has existed within the last uh, 10 years. So hmm. they know. They know that it's, you know, it's beneficial. Uh, you know, but well, that's uh, crazy because we still don't have one person from the DEA or FDA that's willing to say that it's wasn't that wasn't that a whole congressional testimony that was a few years ago I'd seen there was someone that the they were asked directly can you at least say that cannabis is less dangerous than methamphetamine 
and they they wouldn't even say it. They, they wouldn't, wouldn't engage in the question. Like they were they were avoiding the question. They, they but this even is why say that weed is or that weed is not as bad as meth. Like, <laughs> well, you know what's funny is because uh, you know well it's funny not you know it's funny just in an odd sense that uh, because of that because of like for years of you know, refusing to answer questions that are obvious to anyone. They've lost credibility. So much credibility that people now are common populists. It's just like, I, I know that's BS. I just know that's BS. And, you know, you have no credibility and therefore they lose authority because they have no credibility. And, you know, and now look what's happening. Even, you know, uh, in December 2018, the Farm Bill was signed, mm-hmm. and which uh, did reschedule hemp and all of the derivatives and alkaloids of hemp as well. So it's interesting, you know, to note that one of the derivatives and one of the alkaloids of hemp is tetrahydrocannabinol, which was specifically mentioned within the farm bill. So, uh, so effectively the federal government once again says that, well, yeah, THC is okay. Well, right now they're saying THC is okay as long as it comes from hemp. Uh, at a federal okay. level. <laughs> yeah, it's just really, you know, this uh, hypocrisy just keeps on going, you know, keeps on going. And that's even before we get to the ridiculousness of why it was made illegal in the first place. Yeah. You know, which is, you know, it reads like some sort of Hollywood script. You know? <laughs> it really does. You can hear that guy's voice in your head that always does the... Uh, you know, the uh, movie promos, yeah. <laughs> you just, it just reads so well. I'm sure you know all about that. We were, I think we were talking a little bit about that yeah, as well. Yeah, well, William Randolph Hearst, who's one of the main guys, right? Oh, well, yeah, uh, Hearst and so. We'll talk about it a little bit. Sure. I'm sure a lot of people have, we'll look, you know, we'll we go wherever you want we to, We'll get sir. too much into, the, <laughs> into this classic <laughs> conversation. But, uh, no, yeah, no. Wasn't it, uh, wasn't it he was trying to save the paper industry? Because mm-hmm. they had developed a way to parse out the hemp fibers. You had a guy that uh, invented a hip decaturer. That's what it's called. But basically, it could separate the hemp fibers, like you're saying, and make paper mm-hmm. really easily. And the problem was is that uh, Hearst owned the Northwest timber industry. So he owned the, industry, the timber industry because he also owned most of the media uh, at the time, a lot of the largest publications uh, across the nation were his. And so, uh, you know, when this hemp decaturer comes out and it's looking like, oh, my goodness gracious, this, guy, this thing's going to swamp me. And then another media magnate put money into it. And that was mm-hmm. E.W. Scripps. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of stations around town that are still E.W. Scripps stations. Oh. Uh, uh, I didn't know that. Because yeah, I haven't heard that name before. Uh, scripts, uh, well, and radio stations too. So still exists in media. Uh, but you know, when you look at cannabis being able to replace trees for paper, it's like a no brainer, you know, they don't, uh, they cause the destruction of having to cut down, you know, these mature trees or having to try to replace them and replant. Uh, the same thing that you do with 20 acres of, uh, timber. I think it was 20 acres of timber across 20 years. You know, I can do with one acre of hemp in three years. Wow. I'd never heard that statistic. That and interesting, too, though. And you can read about this kind of thing. And uh, Jack Herrera, uh, who was one of the leading uh, proponents for 
medical marijuana in California way back in the day wrote this book called Emperor Wears No Clothes, and he goes into the actual history of it, complete history, uh, and well-sourced, and, and anyone can look into it. But uh, it's interesting to note, too, that cannabis produces more oxygen than trees do overall its contribution. So, huh. Like per, I guess, cubic inch of plant or something like that? Yeah, per acre. Okay. Oh, per acre. I guess that'd be about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a little larger of a set. Well, I don't know, really know anything about plants. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, uh, it definitely, uh, you know, has all of these benefits. And then at the end of it, you know, you have uh, several groups that were threatened. Hearst was threatened. Uh, Dow Chemical was threatened. The Mellon uh, banking family was threatened uh, as well. Uh, you had uh, Henry Ford, of all people, you know, at the time was trying to embrace, you know, cannabis, trying to embrace hemp. He made a hemp car made out of, uh, that ran on hemp biofuel that ran on, you know, uh, uh, that's plastics were made out of hemp as well. Oh. Uh, there's this little short video clip of uh, Ford. Uh, and his crew outside on like a 28 degree day taking a sledgehammer to uh, uh, his prototype of a car and the sledgehammer bounces off of the fender and uh, you know the uh, uh, tire well you know the fender right above the tire well bounces off of it doesn't dent it no scratch I mean it's 28 degrees you know it's below freezing that day Uh, that was a threatening stance to say like the Rockefellers and Standard Oil and so at the end of it, they have one person for the first time that gets uh, uh, made into a, a position in the government, and that's uh, Anslinger. And he was the first drug czar of the United States. And now the creation of uh, this big department, which ends up becoming the DEA, is formed. Out of that group, hand-selecting who it was going to be. Never before in the United States history had we ever heard of the term marijuana. Never. It hadn't happened. We just knew it as a beneficial plant. You know, uh, if it was consumed, it was usually as far as consumed by a person smoking it or something like that. It was usually called a sweet hemp or mm-hmm. sugar hemp. And if it was not, it was just a textile. Then it was just, hey, this makes the best ropes ever. This makes the best cells ever, you know, because it's got a great fibrous material. Well, that gets tied into racism. We start, uh, Hearst himself starts pushing out his papers all through the media. This causes you to be lazy. Uh, he equivocates it to uh, a very strong racism uh, within the African-American population. And then uh, you have this speaking campaign. Anslinger goes on in 1937 to say how demonic, how evil uh, 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 marijuana is. And at that time, he's trying to push out marijuana. And then uh, so he's on a testimony for Congress, and this comes up with him which is shocking for anyone to hear. And when you hear it, you'll know at this point in time that it was all BS. Prohibition was all BS on it. It wasn't about trying to keep us safe or the public safeguard. It was quite the contrary. Uh, Anslinger was, uh, you know, in testimony, says uh, this one quote, and you can look it up, but marijuana will cause our white women to want to sleep uh, with men of color. And that day it was made illegal in 1937. Mm-mm. So it's, like I said, it reads like a Hollywood script. Yeah, seriously. You, know, it, like it, you, couldn't, it, you couldn't make that up to be more crooked. <laughs> a little greed, a little this, a little pizzazz. I feel oh, like if I saw that in a movie. Let's blame it on uh, migrants. Let's, you know, yeah. let's, let's blame it on immigrants. Let's blame it on our, you know, uh, 
uh, minority populations, you know, kind of the typical kind of, you know, story. Sure. Uh, if, if I were to see that in a movie, I would be like, oh, that's too on the nose. <laughs> like, that's like a stereotype of right. or an archetype of an evil, you know. During that same time frame, though, we have Reefer Madness come yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Same time frame, you know, uh, you know, all this that, oh, well, you know, the Reefer makes uh, men want to kill other men. It'll make you go crazy. You know, saying that cannabis, you know, is going to make someone who smokes cannabis that they're going to want to go out and kill someone. And I think we all recognize the uh, the only thing probably a stoner, if you want to use that term, has wanted to kill is a bag of Doritos. That's about it. <laughs> you know, it doesn't go past that. There's no violent tendency. So sure. once again, the government in supporting like a stance that's more than seven decades old, obviously based on racism, based in greed, you know, and by trying to protect that stance makes themselves look foolish, uh, out of touch, not compassionate you know, whatsoever, and really at the end of it, just full of crap. I mean, because you know, I mean, if you have someone you love and you see them going through chemo and radiation and trying to just deal with the effects of surviving cancer, you know, and they, they don't feel like eating and now they're starving to death, you know, you love someone, you'll, you'll take care of them. And especially if you see an option that's going to help them eat that's non-toxic and uh, hasn't ever killed anyone. Mm. Maybe Doritos. But not anything. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? You're going to fight for it. And people yeah. will see that. And so you have a government that tells you who's lied to you consistently over and over and over again. And then we just, you know, keep saying they say something else. Like, oh, we believe you now. <laughs> we believe you. No. Come on. Man, they keep lying and lying and lying. It's on. This is a problem with people, I think, overall, is that for too long we've given our responsibility as just being alive away to other people. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, they researched that. Oh, yeah, that talking head, he told us this, that, or the other. No, you go look for it yourself. There's no reason for you not to be informed now. You Amen. Know? You know, so anyway. Yeah, yeah, I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> no, no, hey, no. We, that's, that's the fun part about having this podcast. We talk about whatever we want. Awesome. But I do, I did want to come here. I want to talk about, you know, your business model, too, because I, I came in here thinking you guys were just a dispensary. You've got your flower craft dispensary. Yes. Um, which, wait, real quick, officially, when did those doors open? Uh, Valentine's Day. Oh, yep. all right. February 14th, give your lover the flowers they always wanted. <laughs> ah, there we go. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you made that up on the spot right now. You've never said that before, right? Only about 17 times, I think. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, and then your wife was showing me, you've got, there are several businesses in this little shopping center. Yeah. And everything. So uh, why don't you tell me about what else you've got besides your dispensary? Well, we wanted to give a platform for the community more than anything else. You know, when you, uh, I did come from a nonprofit background earlier in my career. And so very much, you know, it's look at the community. What are the needs? You Just know, curious, what nonprofit did you work for? Uh, I actually, I worked for two large nonprofits. One was the YMCA and the other was Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I know there's a lot of times the Mothers Against Drunk Driving thing that throws people off a little bit. But, uh, you know, I usually, one of two things I would say, yeah, I'm just one bad mother. You know, that's how. Uh, but, you know, so I've always advocated for responsibility of adult, you know, responsibility. That's, sure, you know, sure. but, you know, here we just wanted to identify the needs of communities. And we found out that, you know, there's a lot of communities that just have almost like cannabis at the center of it. And uh, or at least a, a big part of that community. And so we thought, well, 
you know, instead of just having a dispensary, why don't we have a, uh, a complete district that would allow other business to that are kind of ancillary to Canvas or really are in that kind of community to be able to prevail as well. And so, uh, you know, of course, we have an event center up here where we host Elevated Yoga and, you know, uh, we have Tuesday night talks. So it's kind of like an alternative form of uh, TED Talks and, uh, you nice. know, and host other people's events as well here, that, you know, in a friendly, safe, you know, environment. But we have businesses as well uh, that are going in currently like White Rabbit uh, uh, Medicinals is going in. And uh, so they they cater food they they uh they infuse food with uh you know uh hemp products as well as uh, they make some products for us that we carry in dispensary uh but not only do we have this dispensary and you know all of these businesses going in like the bong boutique is going in downstairs bong as well. boutique well, the bong boutique some, some classy smoke smokeware uh the tools of the trade my friend the tools right. of the trade right. how's that uh uh, educated people, but when I, and I say tools of the trade, of course, glassware uh, and others as well. But you know, this is things that you just don't see normally in an environment that's uh, instead of being in this kind of like CD kind of head shop kind of feel that you know we're used to from the '80s. You know, sure. you know, a fun professional, uh, clean feel that you feel good to bring your grandma into and say, you know, no, no, let's go into the boutique. This is a really cool place, and you're going to enjoy it. So that's you know overall that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, Before, I just want to say there are there are zero Bob Marley posters or Alice in Wonderland tapestries. I just wanted to point that out. I didn't see any of that. So we yeah, don't no, have that. Although uh, I know the uh, our you know our event coordinator here, Randy, she's uh, uh, been working really hard, and I know they are trying to schedule a Mad Hatter's tea. Oh, okay. Uh, tea time for you know I think it's a ladies' noontime tea. Uh, you know, but it is themed on Alice cool, in Wonderland. Cool. But that, no, that we don't cool. have a lot of the uh, typical kind of things that you would see in the head shop. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not us. <laughs> <laughs> but we do want to move out as well, though. Uh, part of our, at least uh, uh, from the technology side of our company, is to uh, advance uh, modern platforms into this industry. And, and so I, I don't even like to say really any more cannabis. I just like to say uh, personalized medicine or plant-based uh, plant-based health products. Uh, so that's where I want to get to. And uh, so we've been developing an, uh, you know, an app that's cross-integrated for quite some time as well. Uh, hopefully we'll have some like even you know, really modern aspects to be able to introduce into this market soon. So are you are you all into the growing at all yourself? Do you, or do you have people that you just work with? Well, uh, a little bit of both. Okay. Uh, so we do have a cultivator uh, who is uh, uh, Joe's a, kind of a jack of all trades uh, within cannabis. Very technical, uh, a good cultivator. But as well, uh, we just wanted to have a really small batch or small run cultivation. That way we could control a product. Uh, we have clones uh, to be able to put out to home growers. Uh, but, you know, uh, we didn't want to dominate the cultivation market for several reasons. Very, it takes a lot of overhead to do that, number one. Okay. A lot of power draw. But the last thing is, though, is that there's a lot of great cultivators in Oklahoma that have been here for a while, uh, 
not calling anyone out because I know <laughs> we won't we won't say who's we won't been do around we're not going to say who because <laughs> we don't want them to have a you know a, oh my god moment while listening to this thing but uh, but you know there's a lot of capable uh, farmers we'll just say that okay. in Oklahoma there is a proud tradition of farming in Oklahoma of course uh, so you know from us it was more of develop a platform where uh, those mom pa shops can succeed they can grow they can do what they love to do. You know, which is obviously cultivation. That's probably why so many, you know, why we have so many cultivator licenses in the state. But you know, what we were concerned with is just making sure that we had good standards uh, within the medicine that uh, that we were going to put back back out to our uh, patients. And uh, so, and that also, you know, kind of having that is not really a competitive model because uh, really at the end of the day I think I'm competing with myself you know and us as a team we're competing with ourselves just to do the best that we can I think it's more a co-op model and that's what we've been striving for for a while is to work with other mom pa businesses that are doing great things let them do their thing uh, they should have their slice of the pie because they've worked for it don't try to take their pie you know we do what we do and we try to do it as best as we can which is uh uh I like having uh, very knowledgeable bud tenders. And we concentrate on training and making sure they understood all products, how it affects people, you know, because I, I see that in this realm more than anything else is just a lack of knowledge and lack of education. And I'm still learning myself every day a lot. And I've been in this sphere for a while now. And, I, and most people would say that I'm probably more on the leading edge of it. But even that, there's something that comes out almost every week that we just didn't know before hmm. within cannabis uh, cannabis uh, related products and concern to health and uh, even uh, like as of this month the World Health Organization just put out a new stance on THC and uh, CBD yeah. products you know for the entire you know world health implies the world but <laughs> they put it out for the entire world I mean this is changing information all the time I think I missed that what 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 was it exactly well I think actually I could probably pull it up real quick but basically they were saying that there is no negative health effect all right uh, thus speaketh the world so why you know is it you know, demonized at that point yeah. in time. Oh, yeah, I forgot. It was because of racism and greed. <laughs> um, See, and that just proves a point there. See, I, I don't have short-term memory loss. All right. <laughs> All right, yeah. I've Instant been conducting recall. this experiment for a while now, and I still don't. So I think I'm good. <laughs> so since you are not worried about competition um let's say someone wants to open a dispensary what what were your biggest pitfalls that you if you were to uh bring someone under your wing you would want to warn them about uh because is this the first business that you've started no it's not okay um there are uh there are complete drastic differences in between a regular business and a uh, medical marijuana business. No matter if that's the dispensary or cultivation or a processor, the first thing I would say is that you need to make sure and do your legal responsibility and make sure that you're okay. Uh, you're protecting your family and your household that you already have. Growing at your home uh, where you live as a place of business in this world is probably a bad idea. Okay. If you have any kind of mortgage attached to your property, uh. <laughs> if you own it outright, not as bad. But 
If you don't, you're required to, you know, you have a mortgage on it. That means someone else has interest in your property. And that bank, if they decide to call your note at any time, because they could, under, you know, current legislation, they could do that, uh, you're going to be in a world of hurt. And so first off, do legal. Legal, and then the second thing is uh, uh, do taxation and make sure you understand how taxation works uh, with cannabis because it is not the same way as a normal business. And the one line I keep trying to tell people is within federal tax code is 280E. So 280E, E is an echo. That basically says that there are certain, uh, uh, certain items that you cannot take as a deduction because you're using a federally prohibited, basically the government says you're using a substance that we say has no medical value. Hmm. So we're going to tax you at a different structure. Remember, the government does own the patent saying that it has medical value. Beside the point, though, so what that means is that uh, you cannot take normal uh, deductions like cost of goods sold. So if you're a retail outlet, say, you know, a normal retail outlet, I buy $2,000 worth of product, uh, jeans. I buy $2,000 worth of jeans. I sell those jeans and, uh, to customers, and I get $5,000. All right, so what am I taxed on? Well, you take $2,000, you subtract it from the $5,000, and you're taxed on $3,000 profit because you had to buy goods to be able to sell them, cost of goods sold. Okay. Cannabis does not work that way. So let's say in the same equation that I buy a pound of cannabis for $2,000, $2,000, and then to patients, I sell it, and out of that, I get $5,000 back, all right? By the way, in Oklahoma, that'd be cheap for a pound, and okay. uh, you know. So anyway, but <laughs> two thousand right now is a little cheap in Oklahoma. It runs eight hundred in Colorado on the the commercial end as of right now. So we're really high in those prices. Hmm. Excuse the pun. So, <laughs> but two thousand dollars for the cost of that pound. I sell it to patients, and out of that, I get five thousand dollars. Right? Normally, I would subtract the two thousand from the five thousand and be taxed on three thousand. But in this case, because of two eighty e. I can't take the $2,000 deduction. I'm taxed on $5,000. That's ridiculous. So they're just arbitrarily, artificially increasing the price of doing business. Well, what that's what, me. yeah, you hit it on the nose right there. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're really smart. You hit it right off the bat. Uh, what it ends up doing is it affects patients because the business at that point, they're going to reset their pricing to make sure that they overcompensate for the taxation end of it. Sure. So by having this artificial you know, pressure in the system, it makes the, you know, the overall price go up. So the patients are the one that sees, you know, instead of getting, you know, in Oklahoma right now, uh, finding a really good product, like say, uh, oh, like a vapor cartridge, you know, so it's non-combustible, it's a good vapor cartridge. And uh, instead of paying, like if the taxation wasn't in play here, you get that vapor cartridge at say like $30, but because of the taxation, it's going to be end up like 65 because as well as the dispensary can't take the uh, deduction for their salaries of their employees. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Because That's ridiculous. They, because they work in, you know, controlled substance. It's like, I, it's like, I mean, I don't understand it, but I can see the argument of we don't like weed, so we're not going to let you deduct that. But you're still just a business with employees. Well, you when you consider, employee- though, yeah, wow. when you consider those individual employees are still paying federal taxes, I mean, I'm... We still have to pay taxation, federal and state taxes, on employees withholding tax. 
you know, FICA, all the normal stuff. We still have to pay that up too. Right. Oh, so you're a business, you're a normal business when it benefits exactly. the revenue generated for the government, but <laughs> yeah, but not cherry picking. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, that, that sounds about like the government to me. Yeah. That's, that's, that's about, oh man. But, uh, so what would you say is your, uh, what would you say is your biggest kind of success story or maybe your moment where you were like, okay, this is, this is good. This is good. This is happening. This is happening. Um, was there a time when, yeah, I, it, yeah, there, there was, I remember that, uh, Lauren and I, it really, uh, you know, from business, uh, that came, uh, <clears throat> I think really on June 26th. So, you know, when everything was voted in now, I, uh, beforehand, you know, Lauren and I both have worked really hard on uh, advocating for 788. Uh, I got in a long time ago with trying to redefine hemp laws in the state to uh, uh, so to define hemp as a much higher THC percentage than oh, okay. what it had been before. So we at least start getting some medicine in. And uh, then I, you know, I got involved with 788, and I'm one of the uh, founding members of the Yes on 788 Political Action Committee, and. Uh, we worked so hard and so many people worked so hard for that. Uh, the real moment was, you know, I can remember it, uh, sitting at the watch party and, you know, the camera crews were out and they're, you know, watching the vote take place. And I, I have one photo in particular, uh, that I could see it in my eyes. And I remember the moment cause I was running the math in my head and I, the moment when I knew it was statistically impossible for us to lose. Yeah. And, uh, it was at that moment I knew everything was going to happen. Awesome. And even though we had, you know, we were going to face uncertainty and challenges and, you know, we still are. And, you know, that's not, doesn't seem like that's going to go away anytime soon. <laughs> you know, at least we knew the people were on our side, you mm. know, and it was mm. just that at the end of this, it was just about people willing to say what was right without the fear of what their reputation being tarnished later or the fear of what, you know, some predisposed authority figure was going to say. It was just about people standing up and rising. And that gives me more hope for our state, more hope uh, for our future, you know, just as people than anything else. It's just to see that. I mean, after all, uh, I, don't, I can't tell you how many times before June 26th how from National Normal, Drug Policy Alliance, some of these bigger players across the nation, political rivals, uh, all said that it was, it was going to be a near impossibility here in Oklahoma. And, uh, and I advocated that it's like, you guys just don't know Okies. You don't know Okies. You don't know how we are, the sense of rebellion we have. Boomer Sooner. Well, I feel like, like there's a sense know? of rebellion, and also there's an attitude of, you know, I, I just feel like there are so many people, you know, I, I come from an extremely, from a very, I shouldn't say extremely, very conservative family. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you know, that's what I grew up around and stuff. But I, I feel like that there's this big sense of, that's not my business. You yeah. Know, you, you do, you do you. I don't like it, but you do you. I feel if you're like you're not that hurting anybody, I don't yeah, care. Yeah, you ain't, you ain't hurt nobody. He ain't yeah. hurt nobody. You know, <laughs> like, I just, I feel like that there's a little bit of an attitude there in Oklahoma that uh, I wish was maybe a little more widespread than it was, but it's there. It's there in Oklahoma. Yeah. And so I feel like that, yeah. But um, I agree with that. And in fact, you know, uh, you know, I have actually, you know, and I probably, I won't say anybody's name. 
and, and I won't divulge their their group, but uh, you know where I come from in Oklahoma is a, a conservative area as well, like a lot of places in Oklahoma. Of course, you know said that we were the red, you know, <laughs> the reddest state in the union. This is the Red Sea here, kind of thing in Oklahoma. Uh, but the first time I actually and uh, saw the plant itself was in the most, uh, you know, uh, one of the least thought places, and that was in a very uh, conservative. A religious group in the state that uh, doesn't even, uh, you know, uh, I mean, they, you know, without divulging their group, they commonly don't use phones, they don't use technology, and uh, that's the first place in, in the field of, of that family, you know, so huh. that I saw this very strict religious, you know, uh, group that, uh, you know, part of them were growing it as a bumper crop, hmm. and I saw that uh in the 80s happening oh wow so you know i've had the strongest and i and i had not consumed cannabis uh the majority of my life uh i would be typically described as a late bloomer into this uh but to see that as a very conservative young man from a group of people that even from my conservative southern baptist upbringing i considered them to be conservative right yeah (laughs) you know and that's where i first saw it really kind of perturbed the notion of well i know these are good people i know these people personally i get milk from this family i uh, i know that they do what they say they're going to do uh they're good by their word and they've never hurt anyone in their entire lives and i know this to be true because i've been raised with them that kind of changes your, you know, your thought process. If they see nothing wrong with it, and they see it as, you know, in their mindset, Genesis one twenty nine, you know, that, uh, you know, God created this, and all seed bearing plants were given dominion to man, and, uh, you know, so, yeah. you know, uh, and there's several places in the Bible that, you know, give that authority from God to man, uh, and call all seed bearing plants, including cannabis, good, you know, yeah. So, you know, it was my strong conviction that, you know, we were going to be okay in Oklahoma no no matter how many people from National Land said, no, it wasn't going to happen. Because I I had just this this real strong gut feeling that uh, we have that spirit, like like you were talking about. Hmm. And and we know the proof's in the pudding. And if it ain't hurting nobody, it ain't hurting me, you know, it's none of my dang business. (laughs) You know, put as okey as I can. (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. So uh, let's, I mean, hey, let's let's talk about, you got any events coming up that you want to promote? Anything you guys are doing here? I know that we do have a Tuesday night talk that's coming up. It's going to be on uh, Myth in the Modern Age on Norse Mythology. That's going to be uh, Tuesday uh, of next week. Uh, then I know we also are going to, of course, have a 420 event, a big event here as well. Um, you know, that's just in the interim. Every Sunday we have yoga. Uh, so uh, we have our posted events uh, up on our uh, Flowercraft Event Center uh, Facebook page. But uh, I will say this, we are starting to, we have a main page as well on uh, Facebook, but we're getting away from Facebook anymore because their uh, policies and procedures are, you know, not really favorable to this this world. Oh, I was all. trying to advertise. I tried to pay for advertising on an episode that I did with the last dispensary I talked to and they wouldn't let me do the ad because shame I on was, you for violating community I, standards. I was, I was talking to someone. I wasn't even selling. It. I was talking right, to yeah. someone who was selling. They were, yeah. No, uh, it's so what a, are you, so where are you trying to, 
Uh, of course, we're you know using our uh, uh, our tech platform to do it as well, and through our website. But uh, you know, we're even like uh, traditional things like Instagram and that sort of stuff. You know, is not really a great option anymore. So we're we're going back through our you know old school methods, quote unquote, of uh, email lists, blogs from our website and through our app as well. So and what's the website URL? It is www.flowercraft.com. Okay. Well, is there anything else, any any parting words? I've really, really enjoyed this. And, you know, the only parting word I would have is uh, do not, uh, don't expect other people to be your hero and save the day. You can be a hero yourself, be well-informed. And uh, just because someone tells you something doesn't mean that it is actually true. All right. Yeah, I can't, <laughs> can't really top that, man. Yeah, what you guys are doing is awesome. Um, I... You know, I just, you, you clearly have the entrepreneurial spirit and that's exactly what I try to talk about and who I try to talk to in this podcast. So I, I had a great time talking to you and thank you very much. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. And that wraps it up for this episode. Uh, once again, you can find them on Facebook, just at Flowercraft is their Facebook page, and then flowercraft.com is their website. Pretty easy. And as always, you can find me at TulsaLately.com, the Tulsa Lately Facebook page, and I am on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all the important ones, basically. So, But if you listen to podcasts on an unimportant one, you can always get the RSS feed from my Facebook page or website. Coming up next episode, I got to speak to the head of sales and marketing at Marshall Brewing Company, which... If you're familiar with uh, the Tulsa beer scene at all, they are a staple if there ever was one. So I will be releasing that later this week. Like I said, they're gonna be episodes are gonna be coming a lot more often now. And I have also I've got some exciting news. I have just officially launched my Patreon page. So if you would like to become, I, I don't know where this is gonna go. And if you would like to uh, join me on this journey, then please Tulsa Lately Podcast. Um, a monthly supporter yeah but with all that being said I guess that's it so I'll see y'all around